0: Welcome to Talking In Stations for June twenty first, twenty twenty one. I am Matterall here with you, and I have a couple of co hosts, Rundle.
1: Hello, everyone. I am back. I was had to take a little break away because I was so upset that Nick Bison was not running for CSM like he had promised, even though I was going to mention it again. I had to step away and just cry buckets and buckets of tears. But now I'm back. CSM's over, so I'm.
0: He Ready said CSM20, just so you
1: know. CSM20, oh, I have something to look forward to. I have something to live for now. Fantastic.
0: Yeah, he's, he's slowly working his uh, name recognition up to the proper levels. Fantastic. Uh, good to have you back, Rundle. Uh, and Shen is also with us. How are you doing, Shen?
2: Doing well. Hello, hello.
0: Awesome. Good. All right, guys. The big news today is that we'll get into a little bit of war news, but CSM election time just finished up. Today, we got the results from the uh, week of voting that just closed. And the winners are I'll let you guys say them, starting at the top.
1: These are in any particular order, but uh, Brisk Ruble on the uh, CSM, on the, the page for uh, for CCP in the news. It's uh, Brisk Ruble, and then uh, Gobbins, and then iBeast, and then Innominate, Kenneth Feld, Merkelchen. Mike Azaria, Pro God Legend, Suetonia, and Billy.
0: Wow. Well, for those of you that are interested in uh, that, you can find it on CCP TV. There was a televised, um, ex- basically step-by-step slideshow of uh, the horse race, and uh, all the way down to the winners. And uh, we also did a reaction stream here at TIS. You can find that uh, on our YouTube shortly. And the reaction stream had a lot of the breakdowns. We talked about some of the strategies that were used to get elected. We also talked about some of the funny voting that happened. Uh, of course, CCP did that as uh, CCP Swift and Dopamine were talking through the election process. They were talking about some of the voting patterns. But we took it a step further and we talked to some of the winners and some of the people that came up short. So check out that reaction stream or CSM 16. The,
1: the third. 38,000 votes, just over 38,000 votes. Pretty big number. I think it's up reasonably- 2,000. Uh, yeah.
0: It's up 2,000. Well,
1: yeah, yeah, it's a reasonable number, right? Yeah, 2,000 up.
0: I think it's gone as low as 30,000, and so 38,000 at a time when, if you look at our PCU, right? Let's go there. Um, because the voting happened in the last week. But if you look at EVE Online or EVE Offline here, the PCU, make it bigger. Uh, for the last week, I think you can just hit this week. This is the voting week. Uh, actually increased here up to about 24,000, which is very low for EVE Online. Here's some perspective. This is where we're at over here on the right. And uh, this is kind of the, uh, the last three months So you can see that it's taken a huge dip. But I'm sure that people logged in, voted in the week, even if they didn't play or stay online. Because PCU is peak concurrent users. It's not how many people log in per day. You can have the same amount of people log in one day and the next. And the PCU can be wildly different because on one day, they all logged in at the same time. And on another day, they just trickled all the way in in, and then out.
1: You didn't need to log into the game to vote. You just needed to go to the website. So
0: and that's true, very true.
1: Yeah, the PCUs. it's going to be indicative of the, just kind of who's playing and who's interested in, in in the game in general. If you had seen a big spike or a big drop, I would say yeah, maybe. But in general, you don't have to log in and even vote. So
2: yeah, and also this is only Omega players, also not counting for for Alpha players.
0: So there's a couple things that happened today that were really weird. One is the results of the election leaked like two hours before the demonstration or the presentation. And, uh, I, I don't know, CCP might've had some kind of a screw up, but, uh, on their website, they, their website CDN, which is a content network or content distribution network, which is, um, for those that don't know, it's where your pictures and items are that your website is serving up. Uh, somebody is able to scrape that and find the, a uh, little package of results and so that somehow found its way to uh delta squad in the imperium and they um put it out at least that's how we got a hold of it i'm not saying they're the ones that scraped the site but they are the ones that we got it from and uh and then we weren't sure if that was correct so we tried to check and ccp said only the the official ones will only be televised so We won't verify what this is, Uh, but it turned out to be exactly right. And you knew it as soon as you saw the first round of voting. It was, it was exactly right. So we knew who the winners were two hours before, Uh, but the presentation was still exciting uh, because uh, CCP added a lot of extra information as they were unraveling the election. What do you guys think of the people who actually won as far as composition of gameplay and uh, personalities?
1: I think the, uh, you know, it's the big blocks, obviously the, Legacy and Goon Swarm, uh, Imperium, right, uh, has you know right split three three of the top six, right. So uh, right off the bat, you know it's at least fifty percent of that, and then there's still pretty good, uh, pretty good nullsec. Um, you know, I I wish there was a, a maybe a little more uh, maybe a wormhole in there. I'm surprised that they capped it at ten again. I was hoping this year they would move it. 12, but uh, try and give a little extra room for people, a few more people to come in. But maybe it yeah. would have just been would have been maybe just uh, more NullSec people, but.
0: It used to be 14 at one point.
1: Right. I remember long back, it used to be a, lo- a lot more, right, 14?
0: Yeah. yeah, 14 plus some alternates, I think. So it was a lot more. Yeah. Uh, Shen, did you have any thoughts on some of the winners and their composition or anything?
2: Uh, nothing surprising. But if you look at the ratio between Imperium and Papi three so it's like a good ratio there
0: oh uh, as far as people that got in
2: yeah yeah three uh, for
0: imperium four for
2: four for pappy so two for legacy two for Panthem. so it's, i think that's very reasonable as 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 far as population goes that's what we're seeing in sec right now
0: so it kind of maps with the uh, population that you're seeing i see Um, And if you look at it, Talking in Stations, we made some endorsements. We didn't have a ballot, so we didn't have an order of people, but we did endorse uh, our subject matter experts for Talking in Stations, and we basically got two subject matter experts. Uh, We saw them get on, which would be Kenneth uh, and also Suetonia, a low-sec guy, and uh, Kenneth being a um, big builder, basically a production guy and then uh, we also endorsed somebody who's not on tis the only endorsement of its type was mike azariah who's a high sec kind of representative and he won so that's three for talking in stations and then our uh favorite arcia got 11th place so she's the first alternate um after the top 10. and so if anybody drops out she will be the person that goes in most likely
1: Hers was pretty close. I I actually caught the live broadcast right in that time frame, and I thought that was a little nail-biter right down to the end there.
0: Well, it was uh, by 250 votes, so really Not a lot, really. No. Uh, And so it was nice to see her get a ton of support. The composition, though, if you look at it, is uh, essentially seven. It's the same composition as last time. You have seven Null sec heavy candidates that are very concerned and influential, not influential and concerned, but knowledgeable about Null Sec and big organizations and big war, big mechanics, solve, all that stuff. And then you have, uh, again, Mike, who's an incumbent. He came back as the high sec guy, kind of the everyman in high sec, helping out new players. And then the last two slots, like last time, were filled by a combination of low sec and streamers. And last year, it was Phantomite, who was kind of a low-sec uh, guy. And you had uh, Torvald, who was a streamer and a PvPer. But this time, it was two streamers, both mid-range PvPers. So you kind of combined the Torvald and Phantomite into two people, one of them being Suetonia, who is one of our subject matter experts because he's an encyclopedic guy about mechanics. And uh, Lucy Liu, also known as... Um, what
2: is it ibeast
0: thank you ibeast i don't know why that got stuck yeah lucy lou the character ibeast is the i think um the streamer if i'm not mistaken but that's the most more popular name that he goes by and he is russian but what's interesting is the russian vote didn't really come out and dominate so uh ibeast was uh, able to get a lot of votes from the english-speaking eve, eve online population so that was interesting
1: yeah, getting stuck's okay. I could only count to six, and thanks. thankfully Shen was here to correct me because there was seven, seven null blocks, uh, at least just between Test and, uh, uh, well, like Legacy, Panfam, and and Nagoons. Uh, yeah. Period. I couldn't count. Thanks for the correction as well.
0: So I think you get the same coverage you got last time, pretty much. Wormholers left out. Um, and I, I, I don't know if you even look at gameplay... As far as security sectors, um, I think when, when, you, when you think about CSM, you want to think in terms of mechanics and features and populations that are served by those mechanics and features. And then you want the representation to fall along the lines of uh, how people are playing the game. Uh, so you need people from different strata of security space because there's different features and different mechanics in that stra- in each strata of security space. So we tend to say it in short, Shorthand, high set candidate, a low security candidate, and then a null security candidate. But we're really talking about groups of gameplay and mechanics.
2: Yeah, the rule sets for sure. Uh, and Also to note here, like uh, if you look, look at the uh, voting from each country, mm-hmm. I don't think China only has 902. It's like, uh, I think maybe some people use VPN to log in and stuff like that. Uh, there must be more than that, like fraternity plus A1 plus like Jakaris and other Chinese alliances that are very big. Like fraternity itself is the second biggest alliance right now, like technically, on Dotland. Um, right. So by population at least. So yeah, there's. I think it's only if you can give it the right uh, link between uh, server and the country.
0: But undeniably, the United States was quadrupled uh, United Kingdom and Germany. Uh, So most voters came from the U.S. by far, which is, I'm looking at that number and it just doesn't seem very big, right? United Kingdom, basically 4,000, Germany 3,500. There's your Russian contingency of 2,300 votes. Uh, I'm sure IBS got a lot of those, but it didn't get them all, which was interesting. I think there were other candidates But but United States is you know twelve and a half thousand so definitely the majority of it was uh, U.S.
1: I'm I'm more surprised at the drop off right I mean you really Mm well nine hundred two China that is a little tough that is a little hard to believe but but take that out and you go you know from in the few thousands and all of a sudden you drop into the four four hundreds five hundreds across European you know I'm like there's got to be more than five hundred people playing in Denmark. (laughs) 500 people playing in Austria or Sweden, right? It yeah. seems like a significant drop off. So it would be really interesting to find out like why the voting interest didn't penetrate those societies. Um, you know, it'd just be interesting to under- try to figure Eve, out why.
0: Eve was very popular in Denmark and Scandinavia. Basically when it first came out, that's who was playing it, Iceland and uh, Scandinavian countries. And then it started growing, uh, in Europe in general, I think before it became super popular in uh, yep. in the United States
1: well even France right I mean, yep. not even 700 there and I mean, there is a lot of fairly significant French uh, a ali- lot there's a couple of French alliances a lot of French corporations uh, the, the French populace is pretty pretty large and and, and in Eve for sure uh, but I think there's more than you know, 670 of them, of course, you know, it's just a percentage of players who vote, but I don't know. I, I'd say those, I'd love to know what those percentage numbers are. If, uh, if CCP could add, uh, you know, they clearly know where the votes came from and they clearly know how to categorize their accounts to the country. And I would love to, if they added a third column, which had uh, kind of some sort of percentage of player base from those countries voting sort of column. Yeah. I mean, so- statistic.
0: CCP Convict says in chat here, the numbers getting out early was kind of a bummer from the standpoint of we wanted to build up the results on the live stream, but it wasn't the end of the world. We were more like, well, darn, rather than panicking about leaks. The race was on. We just lost the initiative. A little on the announcement is all. Thanks.
2: That's, fair. Also That's maybe, a fair
1: perspective. Yeah,
2: yeah maybe it's, it'd be interesting if you list it uh, instead of countries made by continent. So we can see like USTZ uh, versus, AUTZ, yeah, versus yeah, versus UTZ. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. That would make sense, wouldn't it? That's how we play the game by time zones. I do like yeah. though, that it reminds exactly. you it's a global game, which is kind of cool.
1: Well, there was, I think we decided, we talked about it today, there was uh, what, 49? No, 40, 46 candidates overall, right? So. Um, from 46 down to 10, uh, there were only a few people I think dropped out early on, so they they stayed in for the whole race. So maybe there's some votes that uh, of you know people that didn't even. Well, I guess this total 38,000 is the total number of votes, right, for the top 15 countries. But yeah, a bunch of people didn't make it. Um, some of the TIS people didn't make it either. But
0: uh, yeah, they all placed well, though. I was uh, I was very uh, happy to see the guys that were just doing it for the first time we're talking about uh, rich richman dr spod uh, teddy they all yeah. scored pretty well uh, two out of three there were under uh, the top 20 uh, sorry three out of four were under top 21 being the first alternate at place 11 that was arcia so i think and then the other three got on they're oh, all in great.
1: the top two third as well i mean i think yeah. rich was the not against rich i mean but i think he 29th, I think 29 out of 46. 20, so yeah, that's still not that bad. First time, I mean, he's a uh, you know fairly new player overall, uh, and uh, you know, hey, you know, 29th in voting, first in our heart, Rich.
0: <laughs> well, I think it, I think it shows you that. Um, well, I don't know what it shows you. It shows you that the subject matters, the subject matter experts that we pick are palatable to to people voting, I suppose. Um, but but they earned it themselves. We just picked the right people to. Talk on talking in stations. By the way, uh, CCP Swift says some pretty interesting here. He says he thinks the oldest voter in the game—that is, in in game years, not in real life—came from Finland, which makes sense because it was popular in Scandinavia. Okay. So, is there anything else on this? There's a lot of cool stuff. I encourage you, if if you have time, to go back and watch CCP stream uh, on this. It was. Um, it's fun to watch. Uh, you have again CCB Swift, CCP Dopamine going through the process with a graph showing you stuff. They set it up beautifully, and they were able to uh, to walk you through the logic of the actual voting system. And it's really it's really kind of interesting.
1: Yeah, I don't think we we need to cover much more here ourselves. Uh, there's what an hour and a half on the live stream. There's a reaction stream. I'm sure there's going to be lots of streams over the week. Uh, there's lots to read. Um, you know, we can. Maybe as more things occur or people talk about, we can talk about that over, you know, the, the week or so. But I think today the results speak for themselves. Congratulations to those winners. Uh, well done for those who ran, but, but did not make it. Um, overall, 38,000 votes. Well done overall to the CCP community. Okay, moving
0: on to, what should we do next, Jen? I uh,
2: just want to say one more c- congratulation. Oh. Yeah. Uh, not only to uh, this 10 people who got uh, elected, also to Ren. Uh, oh, right. He predicted uh, this result, and it's fairly close, I would say.
0: Predicted 9 out of 10. Ren works uh, talking in stations as well. He's our spreadsheet master, and he was sure. uh, doing a lot of... We, we did predictions uh, a couple days ago, so if you caught that show, you were able to kind of see the logic of the breakdowns and how it worked last year and how we thought it would work this year. And he got, he got pretty close, and what was really neat and was nice of him is to say that it was a group effort because... Uh, he was able to work off, I think, Sutonia's worksheet. But he, uh, who put he, put that together. But also, he took a lot of information from other Talking In Stations people and the audience. So you guys really helped him uh, fix things. And you know, we kind of fixed the myth that you don't want to, you don't need to put anybody past the sixth seat. Uh, that's kind of not true. You want to fill in a complete ballot one through ten because every vote will count in yours, You don't want it to fall off the edge of the earth because it ran out of candidates to be applied to. So you need to give yourself as much runway as possible by putting in 10 candidates when you vote. But that's for next year. Uh, good job, Ren and the TIS team. So let's go to NCCP, you guys did great. Let's go to uh, some, where do, you wanna go, where do you wanna go to next, Jen?
2: Uh, let's just do the roll calls. Uh, so in face of all this today, uh, we, well, Russian Legion of Honor. That's an alliance. Lost four Rurikos, uh to Imperium Stealth Bomber Fleet today.
0: So who are these guys, and what? Let's see. Russian
2: Legion of Honor. So basically, they were test renters, uh, just like ITC, mm, uh, yeah. but instead of just uh, putting up their flags and just uh, basically stop paying the rent and. Um, well let, good call
0: it what it is rent is extortion fees basically yeah protection yeah. money
2: basically they didn't pay the protection money so well, they got their own territory but bastion didn't like them so uh so they got kicked out of the imperium uh, coalition as well so right now they're kind of back to um with us right B- back to the whole Pappy alliance or at least we don't attack them on purpose so they're technically right now part of fire i think or blue with fire mm-hmm. and they're renting still that constellation you yeah. will see in fifth fire
0: coalition which is russian a lot of uh i think it's russian led and so this makes sense for them since they are a russian uh, alliance
2: yeah yeah so uh, a few things interesting to note uh one is that they are not doing belt mining uh mm-hmm. instead of they were doing moon mining uh, in that system called OXC.
0: Let's take a quick look at that and invade the ballast. Yep. We'll follow the links all the way to .land and uh, look and see where it's actually located. I think we'll look at it here. Commercials anyone? Let's see. Uh, I see it. it's kind of in the center there. So they were doing moon mining off one of their own structures, I imagine?
2: Yep. So I think it's uh, Athenor and mm. Didn't go well. There's a, I think there's a Thera hole uh, oh. in Esoteria. There is
0: There is a, a worm... It's a system that you can be reached by wormholes. It's the largest system in the game in EVE Online, so a lot of pirates will actually... It's like Tortuga. They'll live there, and they travel through wormholes into all kinds of parts of the map, and wherever they emerge, they look around for things to kill, and that looks like that's what happened here.
2: Exactly, I think. And they have black ops with them, so they actually took a few bridge instead of just gate by gate, which saved them a lot of time uh, for that as well. So on the fitting of the roll Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's the most interesting part of this, is if three out of the four roll were streaking with their underwears, okay, the (laughs) panic button.
0: Uh, Let's look at that.
2: Yeah, that one's the only one with uh, an underwear. <laughs> with the panic
0: right to explain that again what you mean by that that's hilarious okay
2: so panic button is the uh, super weapon on a roll call so when you press that panic button on your skill uh usually it gives you around like 5 minutes of invulnerability so you have a 100% resist 100% it's not like uh the assault damage control on a, on a hack where you only get like 90 something percent 96 97% where it's still uh there's a chance that if there's too much dps you still get uh, uh uh killed by the enemy but right now it's 100 percent and it lasts for five minutes so the whole point for that is you press a button you call for backup and your backup arrives and you save the role yeah that's it's the like, pulse
1: activated nexus and vulnerability core that you're talking about.
2: That's Yeah, command. so I say a panic PANICE.
1: Panic, right? Yeah, panic,
0: right? <laughs> and the panic module, yeah.
1: Yeah, pulse activated
2: nexus and vulnerability core PANICE. Yep. And also for that, you will also give uh, the panic to all of the ore ships around you within a few, I think within a range of distance.
0: Yeah. So it's, a, basically a, it's basically a turtling up for six minutes, seven minutes. It used to be seven. I think they lowered it to six and a half or something if you had max skills. Uh, it,
2: yeah, it's, it's up to your skills. Up to how long? Do you know? I think six and a half.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll say around six and a half. But it, it turtles you up. It puts a, a, a shield that is invulnerable around yourself and everybody that's attached to your mining fleet. But you only have seven minutes to scramble a... A defense force to save you and then after that it runs out um but uh, I,
2: it, but, but, it,
0: but what's the advantage of having one of those panic modules on every Oracle?
2: so let's say if i have a panic uh, button on all four oracles, then what i will get i will get 24 minutes to 25 minutes of invulnerability and then i can call for help that's enough time for let's say a super fleet or just a capital fleet to arrive uh, to scare off the stealth bombers
0: that's interesting and so he only had whoever this was if it was one person let's assume they only had one of those roracles with the panic module which means they only had seven minutes that is curious so that's what you call streaking naked or streaking
2: <laughs> yeah i mean like if you look at uh the fit on the other three like there's nothing literally no defense at all on those scrolls
0: no tank huh
2: yes it's just i think industrial core 2 at the top and two Zhongling augmenter or that one and then two navigation computer in the mid or something like that yeah nothing
0: (laughs) i think it might have been just using them as mining ships and and not really yeah these things are stripped down
1: it doesn't apply to other oracles, so I am reading the description just to be clear oh okay it would it would apply to any other mining and hauling ships, but does not apply to other oracles, but you know they they could have uh, thanks Nick yeah <laughs> they could have continued to use them or at least you know blocked all oracles for five minutes seven minutes whatever, or you know as as they're moving from target to target because they're not going to attack them all at once uh I don't think the fleet was big enough, from what I'm seeing. They would have had to pick a primary and a secondary, and then it could have extended the battle. Uh, you can't dock either, though, so it's not like you can press the panic button and then and dock in this case. So uh, those oracles are pretty much screwed. But.
0: Well, maybe that that Rorical is the is the bait Roracle, and the other ones try to get away uh, while well, that one yeah, gets something like that. Yeah, yeah. who knows? But well, it's kind of interesting. Alright, so that yeah. happened. Those ended up dying. Who did they, they die to? Because I thought it said outbreak. Uh,
2: it's Goonsworm.
1: It's Goons.
0: Oh, really?
2: Yeah, it's a Thera hole. They got it. So it's from everywhere.
0: Yeah, sure yeah. is. Here, Goonsworm. Complete.
2: Go from High Second. Go to Null no Second. Through, through Thera. The
0: bombers got it, looks like.
2: Yeah, yeah. Space Bombers. All Bombers. It's like 100 or something of them. Oh, my I God. I think <laughs> in our Intel is like 120 plus. Uh, uh, in our Intel yeah so
0: army of mango crazy. and esoteria so your intel was it was 120 bombers that is a ton of
2: 120 guns. news or well, red in local okay so well you have to account for let's say um black ops and stuff like that so I, I think they have at least have two or more black ops you can bridge just one yeah so that'll be all you be out of fuel really quickly yeah
0: all right so uh Rorkel's dead funny fits it's funny fits are always popular. Uh, and here is the battle report. we were just looking at that, but here is the official. I don't know. I think the total loss was um, ISK efficiency. It was uh, 27.5 billion ISK. That's roughly one super cap these days, isn't it?
2: I mean, Roku is, yep. is even more expensive than standard cap, uh, just by the material itself. So it's right. a lot of ISK nowadays.
0: So maybe that price just needed to catch up.
2: Yeah, but, uh, and the capital market is crazy. And right the now.
1: mismatch of damages it going every cost, right? 740 million, which is, you know, like a poorly fit tengu versus 27.5 billion, right? It's like they lost nothing on the Imperium side.
2: Yeah, it's good ratio. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And the fleet like of oh, I think logies and like Text three cruisers of a
1: so
2: yeah. I'm looking. They just lost nothing. A few bombers. All they lost was some yeah, bombers. And it is, yeah, and it's yeah, and they didn't have any like defense fleet even after that six minutes of uh, panic.
0: All right, moving on to we did uh, Rorkels, We did CSM winners. Uh, now looking at should we go over this? We I think we wanted to save this for tomorrow, but we could talk a little bit about it. I suppose this is the. Uh, Gobbins war update. Is this the town hall that you're thinking of here? Let's see, because there's two things coming out of Gobbins. Well, no, this is, let's see, war update from Gobbins. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is the written one. He, he did a town hall um, last Sunday and we did a, uh, breakdown of his town hall on Friday. You can catch that video again on YouTube, but this was different. This is something that he put out there. Um, after the initiative put out their state of the alliance, I guess that's what we call these sorts of things. But it was basically the cam- the campaign for initiative came to an end, and um, they are back in 1DQ with the rest of Imperium to kind of chill out and uh, help guard the walls from the uh, sieging Pappy group. Well, what's what's here that you liked? What popped out to you guys?
2: A map of our space. <laughs>
0: Why, why was that? What, was he, what were they pointing at?
2: Uh, so, they were, pro- uh, Goblin was pointing at, uh, the change in solve in iHub. Mm, uh, I in see. This is
0: before and after.
2: Y- exactly, yeah.
0: And you're what color, the purple?
2: Uh, we're the purple, yes.
0: So, you've conquered a back. Uh, all but one system, I think, right? One, all but one iHub.
2: Yeah, we have HT4K left. Right ju- now.
0: who did the AOM take that away from?
2: We were this was not taken from anyone. We well so the the new one, if you see uh, anywhere above A1 tech AUH, we took it from uh Bastion, Ferrer, Good Sachs, Bastain people. Mm-hmm. But the rest of Exoteria was um uh, I wasn't gifted, but we were transferred from test. Uh, so test was used to uh, live here, but since they uh progressed into period basis and Delph right now. So, it's, it's kind of hard for them to uh, take care of all three regions. So, and for us, we were kind of isolated in Omas. So, it was kind of like a deal for us to just move into Esoteria to grow. Uh, and it, right now, it's on, not only us, but it's us with, with uh, Evictus and Vindictive. So, it's three alliances uh, in two regions Esoteria and Paragon. So, yeah.
1: I think, uh, all you're thinking of Feth. Bethabalus with uh, Army of Mango. They were that was a little more active. They're a little more active, have a few more systems in the Feth region.
0: I was thinking Esoteria, but you may be I right.
1: They played a little bit in here, but I, their main area has been in Feth. Uh, so, well, is,
0: that, is that right, Shen? Where are you guys? Because you're in that group.
2: Uh, right. We're in Esoteria. <laughs> uh, so in I think they moved is... recently, uh, Rundle. Uh, it's, it's not us. It's uh, Fire. It's X-X.
0: Oh, it, it is in Fate.
2: Yeah, that's in Fate. So okay. basically, we helped uh, fire uh, to clear out IGC from the area. And that's it. IGC plus Bastion and, and uh, other groups. Uh, i, so I would say like many months.
1: Because yeah, I, yeah, know Army I was, Magna was there for a while.
2: Uh, yeah, it was Evictus, really, down, mm-hmm. down in the really uh, southern part of, uh, of Fetobullus. And I will say a big thanks to everyone in Papi uh as long as you're in a fraternity uh, for for of your effort in criteria uh for the past few months. So right now so basically what uh like a general breakdown is we do the initial reinforcement and if it's not our time zone then it goes to either PANSFAM or test. I mean th- that's a good thing when you have a coalition you can it, it doesn't matter when the reinforce timer come out. Uh like Another example from the other side is uh, that GoodSax uh, was sandal jamming one of the test KeepStar in zero in tech O. Tech and uh, they did a few times for the Shield reinforcement, but it all came out, uh, the, the time of the reinforcement came out really bad for their time zone. Mm. They, they couldn't do anything about it. But for us, we have friends, so... Yeah, can, you could say, here, I'm going
0: to gonna farm know. this out to you. Wow, okay. So um, I guess we could read this real quick. There's a war update from Gobbins. It's his writing. It was leaked onto uh, Reddit. Maybe leaked by them. Maybe leaked by some spy. There's plenty of spies there. It says, uh, in it is moving back to curse and away from drones. Good work, fellas. I also told all their... I also told all of their structure spam and drones uh, has been moved, uh, including the smaller citadels. Um, last update I mentioned... We would hit side objectives if no progress uh, occurred in the last constellation. he's speaking about one dQ and delve and here is the summary of what uh Horde did while there's basically um no progress inside of one dq constellation one uh, they took in it r sixty four moons that's rarity sixty four in Iridia. They cleared Esoteria of the last Imperium structure and freed the last of the region. One iHub left. It's probably taken by now. They stopped hostile pushes into drones. That was the initiative that was pushing into drones. And uh, something they're still working on is hitting Dracaris, the Chinese alliance from the Imperium, in catch and reestablishing a path across catch for capitals and super capitals. That would be that highway of keep stars, basically. In doing that, Um, We heard earlier yesterday that um, Siege Green, that had moved into Esoteria to develop some fights with the Army of Mangoes, had ceased fighting there and taken a move to Stain, where they uh, adjusted themselves, I think, and ended up in, or will end up in Catch, so...
2: Yeah, so after a big battle, uh, so they took loss for like about oh, sixty billion, something like that. Hmm. Uh, so they accepted a the contract from uh, Pen PENFEM, or I think Horde, and oops, <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, and they, they ran out deploy to catch to uh, to harass the queries, and they actually did a lot of work to be honest uh, in, in Jump Bridges and stuff like
0: that all right so here's stain and stain leads to catch and catch splits between stain and providence that's kind of where it lives here we'll hit catch here and see if we can go to it and i think it's best if we back out let's see if we can get oh you can see how it's all spread out catch is a very long region uh basically has two theaters i think of activity well, we'll see what happens there. But I, I think the war has come to a point where uh, Pappy is um, just trying to keep the Imperium in 1DQ busy. They're not going to let them sleep. So they're making them uh, form up. And I think the reverse is happening as well. So these two groups are kind of just making sure that they uh, scare the other team enough to get them to react. And over time, that should wear one group out or both. But in the meantime, as that's happening and not a lot of progress is being made, you see a cleanup effort, I guess, quote unquote, cleanup effort by uh, Pappy to make sure their backfield is uh, the way they want it, as opposed to a bunch of wild cards.
2: Is that a fair assumption, you think? Uh, Yeah, I mean, uh, Trocaris right now, I think they're out of the sight for a lot of people. after the war started, since they're not a big alliance compared to, let's say, Initiative mm-hmm. or Grim So right, they got the chance of uh, start to develop their territories in Catch. And right now, since Delve is kind of in a freezing mode, and right now we're turning our attentions to, to Dracarys, right? Because we have to find content somewhere. Uh, yeah. If we can't find it in Delve, then Catch is a good place.
0: Yeah, same time zone. So you need that to keep yourselves uh, active and busy and entertained and
2: yeah, yeah, interested. That's more for fraternity, I feel like. For us, it's more like uh, we have people that's right out of our doorstep uh, in staying that we can mm-hmm. fight with on a daily basis, and they came, uh, they come to reinforce our ourselves and stuff like that. So we do have some fights, but not nothing big nothing major
0: there was a big announcement last night did you hear about it It came out of fraternity about siege green and we expected there would be something uh something concrete and it wasn't it was an interesting statement of friendship it was in chinese we translated it and it just basically said that we've been friends a long time since wind spirits was uh in charge of fraternity, which was a long time ago. Now Noros is in charge of it. But since way back then, Siege Green and fraternity have been friendly. And that was the statement, which was pretty curious. It wasn't saying, like, we're blowing up, uh, you know, Siege Green and they're going to help us out with a thing or two. It was more like, our intent is to be friendly with one another. And I love that.
2: I mean, I feel like Noros is putting a lot of working to Eve, like, as far as we know right now, he's in quarantine, and wow, he's putting a lot of effort in.
0: A lot of effort where?
2: Into, like, Eve, I think, right now. Yeah. Even, even, why well, not he's on vacation, technically, oh, for so a month. He's, but so, he's so he's around
0: working. doing a lot of things. Yeah. But what I like about that, culturally, I look at that as very interesting in that it's a declaration of friendship. Um. I don't think Western, uh, the Western world does that sort of thing. Uh, they do, may do it in a different way. Uh, you know, resolution of working together or something, it's more formal. But but I like the way that that came across as kind of like, it's signaling that this is like a bit of a courtship, I guess. Uh, that there may, there, there may be future plans to work together. And this is the foundation for that. And I, I thought that was really cool.
2: Well, that may just make people to question sometimes. Like, say, if CG Green is going to deploy somewhere else, is it being asked or accepted a contract from fraternity? Right? So mm-hmm. They're putting them together, but not really together. Right? They're on the line. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I think the it does signal... Friendship and coalitions. So right. It's not right. really clear.
0: Yeah. I think it does say we won't attack each other to some degree, but it's just not very formal. I think it's kind of cool.
1: Yeah, I mean... Is it more binding than NAFTA?
2: (laughs) Well, time (laughs) will tell. Time will tell. It's it's like they grow stronger as a winter cold. Uh, Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? The
0: the Imperium and Legacy did it differently back in two thousand eighteen or seventeen when they basically formed the super coalition, the Imperial Legacy, uh, because they needed to work with Test in order to fend off against the Pandemic Legion and Northern Coalition and. Ford and, and at the time, like even uh, other groups that were in the drones, uh, like Triumvirate and all that. So they formed Imperial Coalition, but they formed the bonds first. They did the diplomacy first, and then they tried to sell it to their membership by beefing up a bunch of propaganda and, uh, you know, really selling this Imperial Legacy Coalition, uh, which worked out well in 2018, because they were managing, they managed to come out on top that year during a huge amount of giant battles uh and giant wars but uh but but it was always interesting to me it's like make the deal first at the top and then sell it to your people sell it to your membership not that they have a choice but uh you know get them to want to fight together and stuff and here i see it in reverse basically saying here's a declaration of warm relations between two groups no commitments that we know of um but they're trying to get them to get used to liking each other. I want to say, though, um, if I think about it, this has happened before with Horde, Courting, Test, in order to, I think, in order to have them eventually flip on Imperial Legacy and break that non-invasion pact, which is what happened a year ago. And um, the way that they did it is, I think they cooperated in destroying Dead Coalition. That was a... I don't think it was on purpose, but it seems very clear now that it was a trial run to get test pilots and NCPL Horde pilots to be on the same field without killing each other or wanting to kill each other. So they needed a target they could both uh, direct their forces at, and that was Sort Dragon. And of course, Horde wanted revenge for basically cowering out to the Imperium, which Dead Coalition did in the eyes of Horde. Um, Gobbins was adamant that that null deal, or not the null deal, that's something else, but the, uh, the deal, they called it, that Aerith and uh, Matani and uh, Sword Dragon came up with, with a payment of 40 Faction Fortasars on behalf of Dead Coalition. Sword Dragon gave those up to the Imperium, and that really angered Sort dragons' allies. They thought that was just awful. He, he he should have died on his sword rather than pay off uh, some time, you know, a cease pay for a ceasefire. And so when when they uh, when the dust cleared and Imperium went back home, and C was really angry about that. Said we're we're going to we're going to take on a dead coalition. Actually, the membership was not the leadership. I think the membership drove the leadership to fight in that war. But Horde was really mad about it. So what you had was Dead Coalition under attack by Horde, NCPL, and then Fraternity joined in. Uh, And then that was the end. That was the backbreaker. Because the time zone tanking that uh, Sword Dragon in Australia could do was broken when Chinese entered and had that same time zone and had superiority in that. Then there was no place to hide. And uh, Pandafam—that's what it was formed—just rolled quickly over Sort Dragon, and to this day, uh, well, what happened actually during that war was that Tess decided, and it was Villy that said, "I don't think Sort Dragon should be on the CSM. He's bad for the game. So we're going to destroy his constituency, his voter block, by entering this war and attacking." And I don't think they did that much, but that rhetoric was pretty strong. And that combination of tests working with Pandafam is a trial run for Pappy. So they, it worked. They destroyed Sort Dragon's empire, and he basically didn't have much else to stick around for. So he took off. And so when you think about the end of Imperium, or extinction, or extermination, or whatever you want to call it, and you say it'll never happen, we're best of friends, and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll just always be here. Never say never to anything. Not saying it's going to happen. Uh, or it's not going to happen, but just never say never because we've seen it before. And, uh, and also, I think another piece of information or a data point is uh, EVE players don't travel to other games together very well. I think there was uh, plenty of displays in the last years where the Imperium wanted to uh, take, you know, their gang uh, in case EVE died. They wanted to have their friendships to play other games, and they tried two or three other games, and it just didn't work. They are strong inside of EVE Online. If that goes away, who knows Like uh, if they travel to a different game together, if that's even possible, or, or who knows what. So, again, not saying that's going to happen, but I like to keep all options open as the story unfolds. And here's the last data point on this whole thing. The 40 faction fortizars that Sword Dragon gave to the Imperium in payment for a ceasefire, those were taken down to 1DQ, and they were assembled all along uh, the Keep Stars there as a corridor. So you see 40 Faction Fortizars surrounding uh, two and now three Keep Stars as kind of a giant trophy rack. And uh, Gobbins is dead set on killing every one of those Faction Fortizars. So the Siege of 1DQ for him and Horde, in addition to what everybody else's agendas are, is to take out those faction fortisards because they represent the uh, betrayal of the North to the Imperium in uh, 2019. Whew. Little tangent there. All right, uh, that's all the time that we have today. Shen, do you have anything else, or uh, Rendel?
2: No, I think we can save it for tomorrow. We have a lot of things. Well, we don't have a lot of things. I think we'll do a deeper analysis on the Goblin's Town Hall, maybe. Maybe I'll talk about more for what happened uh, over the course of uh, after we moved from Omis to Esoteria uh, to, until now, basically. Uh, the soft change and all the battles that happened.
0: Great. We are going to focus more on war to bring you uh, all the stuff that you're going to be wanting to hear about that's going on, even if the battles are very small. Talk about the strategy and all that uh, because the war will continue even though people are, uh, you know, hitting summertime and stuff. We'll bring that to you. Rundle, you got anything else?
1: No, I'm good. I'm I'm tired. I mean, it's been weeks now since I've had to do this. So I'm, I Darn. got my fill today. Got to pace yourself. Yeah. Got to pace myself. That's right. Got to pace your comeback.
0: Yeah, totally. All right. Uh, one last thing, if I could direct your attention uh, to, if you're on our TIS Discord here at the very top under messages, we have a message that I posted from... Uh, a friend uh, Lucas and he is putting out a survey and this is an interesting uh, study I'll read it to you let me put this in chat first of all but take this survey it'll help him out it's information he's gathering for a thesis Um, he's a student of communication I'll just read this my name is Lucas I am a student of media communication and management most of my studies focus on community management digital marketing and social media let me pause for a second. MMOs and video games are social media. They are video games, but they are social media too. And that's very interesting uh, that he wrote that. I'll continue with his statement here. As part of my master's thesis, I am currently conducting a survey of the gender gap in EVE Online. I have been in close contact with... (laughs) It's an Icelandic name. uh, Trigvi... jotson a senior strategist at ccp uh, games to figure out why um less than 10 percent of all eve players are women that's generous it's less than four percent i think last i checked so it's not it's a it's scientifically not significant amount of women because it's less than five percent play eve online which is hilarious by the way that triggy is um ccp ghost so he's working with ccp ghost i think so there's the survey. Fill it out. Uh, this guy is doing a master's on the gender gap in EVE Online. I think it's a very interesting uh, and complicated and interest, uh, complicated and, um, seldom explored question about what it is in EVE Online that makes it 95% uh, men. Or in his case, he says 90%. So there you go.
2: Okay. Thanks. And if you're watching on YouTube, this will be linked in the comment, right? Or linked in the description. That's right. right? Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, for all the guys that listen to this on a podcast, sorry, we are late. It's a matter of uh, time for production, so we'll try to catch up uh, within the next two or three days. You'll, you'll of course be hearing this after we've caught up, because that's when it'll become a podcast. But bear with us. We're trying to figure out if we should merge the weekend report. Talking in Stations with the daily report and just put it all together as Talking in Stations. So we're trying to re-modify re, uh, what we do. We're always looking to evolve. Thank you guys very much. Shen, thanks for coming. Rundle, thanks for coming. Uh, we will send you off somewhere else, but thanks for uh, tuning in. We'll see you next time on Talking in Stations.